episode of scaring is sharing it's the place where we come together to share our scares with each other and you the listener yes hello. obviously unless you're watching this somehow and then that case that's creepy weird and creepy <laughs> yes as always we're your hosts i am jeremy the original sasquatch slim rusk and i'm brainy joe the flame and scream queen planback in my new caftan it is brightly colored and beautiful and i'm loving it and i wish i was naked underneath it oh that's very pretty but for your sake i'm not well i wouldn't be able to see it anyway you're, <laughs> you're you would if i got up and danced around well yeah sure sure Move i could be up. pantsless too you don't know uh, that's true that is true never know now did you see in the height of the pandemic in the zoom generation did you see that one commercial well no it wasn't a commercial it was like a video that was going around it was actually i think for like a porn website but it okay. showed like a business meeting and then this guy like thinks he logs off and he gets up and he goes to get like lotion and kleenex and he's gonna like jerk off and everyone's like dude 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 trying to get his attention yes yeah i have seen that <laughs> it was so so good it was yeah, so clever that, so smart hilarious. it was done pretty well too i thought yeah yeah now it seems like zoom i mean we're still zooming to do the show but like now it's kind of an afterthought i used to zoom with so many people during the pandemic and now it's like i guess we can see people in real life again so oh yeah i was jackboxing all over the place but it just sort of wears you out after a while yeah it did didn't it it really did it really did jeremy how are you I'm not too bad. How are you? You know, I'm pretty good. My husband is in Florida for a week and a half, so oh. no one come kill me, please. But it's, it's you know, lonely without him because we have a lot of good laughs and a lot of good times together, and I love him muchly. So now I just watch a lot of Survivor. I'm debated, or I had a little bet with a friend, like, how much Survivor can I watch? I was going to say, though, if you didn't miss your spouse while they were gone that's probably not a great sign <laughs> for the relationship but uh yeah i get it that is true but you know it'll he'll be gone and he'll be you know he'll be back in no time so there you go are you yeah. watching any you know horror movies you know what i did watch just one singular one so far i watched last night we're all going to the world's fair i know i talked mm. about it before <sighs> I just, there's, uh, I can't, I don't want to say anything about it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> like, it's just, it's one of those things like saying anything gives too much away. I feel, but mm -hmm. it's, it's a unique experience. Um, I did learn on, it's only a podcast today. I was listening to their review of it and the director is non-binary, which I love because you don't hear about that a whole heck of a lot. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really cool. And I, I kind of wish I would have known that going into it, or maybe I'm just excited to rewatch it again through that lens, like just knowing that I think that they wrote it and directed it. So I, I think I would like to check it out again because it definitely is a unique experience. That's all, that's all I'm going to say about it, but I recommend it. I just don't know where I fall and how I felt about it. Oh, I was going to say, did you enjoy the movie? But it's you don't hard know. hard to huh? say. Yeah. Okay. Like I would. 
like to say, but like again, I feel it's giving away too much. One of those. One of those. It's One definitely those. a quiet film. It is okay. a quiet sort of film. I don't know if it fits into like mumble core, mumble porn. What is it called? Mumble mumble core. core and then <laughs> there's the horror version, which is called Mumble Gore. Mumble Gore, thank you. Like the mm-hmm. creep movies sort of fit into yes. that, right? Yep. We've yep. looked into this or talked about it before. Yep. Um, so yeah, I watched that last night, um, you know, sandwiched with some Survivor. Um, what about you? Have you been watching anything? Oh man, I've been kind of all over the the board. Some rewatches. Let's see. Good thing I use my letterboxed all the time to diary everything now. So yes, uh, let's review anything good. I mean, there is a Friday the 13th coming up and I already got a head start on it. I, of course, for about the billionth millionth time rewatched parts one and two of Friday the 13th, because, you know, we all know those are among the greatest of that series. So it's very easy to just rewatch those like comfort food. Now, quick, I have two questions. One, mm-hmm. did you watch part two yesterday because it was Amy Steele's birthday? Actually, no, I was ahead of the, wow. I watched it over the past weekend. I was ahead of the curve. Okay. My second question, you said something, or I think you said creature or something. That term creature comfort weirds me out. Do you know this term? Creature comfort? Oh, I said, what did I say? I said comfort food, but you're thinking comfort. I, comfort. I was like, yeah, I knew you said one of those words and it just <laughs> triggered comfort, it in my yeah. head because yep. they said it on Survivor. I know everything is Survivor right now with me, but like mm-hmm. they said it and I like looked it up and I'm like, that I don't get it. I didn't look up the origins of it, but it's a peculiar word for what it is. It means yeah, like, it, like, like good things, like good food and right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Isn't that what it means? Like having like a roof over your head and yeah, a hot but meal like, and what, like what? the stuff you want out of life to be happy. It, it weirds me out though, that it's called creature comfort. Creature that, comfort. Like we're creatures and we want and need those things. I don't get it. I don't get it. Okay. Well, I like to be a creature, so you do call me a creature. All you want. <laughs> uh, okay. So you watch Friday the 13th part one and two. Mm-hmm. And uh, what else of note? Oh, I did. Yeah, okay. This is going to be like a little niche for the sub-communities of horror I am in. Uh, but this past weekend, so Sven uh, you know, one of the last couple of horror hosts that's been around forever that's still actively doing it every Saturday. He's on MeTV, which, you know, a lot of people... That's just built into cable packages. It's still like over the air. If you have an antenna, you can get me TV. But he's every Saturday night uh, still doing. Usually he does like the universal and like old stuff, you know, like Boris Karloff and Bela Lugosi movies. Um, But this past Saturday, he did uh, a flick from the 80s, which is like very modern for what he picked. For Sven Gulli. For Sven Gulli, yes. And it was uh, Toby Hooper's remake of Invaders from Mars. Oh, uh, I know the video cover, but I've never seen it. It's super goofy. It's like a, I mean, the original Invaders from Mars is a so bad it's good kind of thing. Very cheesy. And I'd seen it before a long time ago, but I rewatched it on Sven uh, I thought it was a blast. I thought it was funny because I'm also in a like a Facebook fan group for Sven and people like chatter on there like while the movies are running while the show is going and a lot of people were just like this movie's terrible I hate this and I'm like who are these people like this is cool that he went more modern with something fun it's Toby Hooper from his uh, that quick period of the 80s where like 
post poltergeist like studios were like hey toby hooper here's a bunch of money to make bigger budget stuff and that lasted through like the 80s before you know he went back into more uh indie lower budget stuff but uh it's goofy it's fun it's got karen black in it who i feel okay. like I'm, I'm seeing in everything all of a sudden like i'm re-watching a lot of old stuff where like oh, there's karen black again um and it's got uh uh james karen in it it's got a lot of faces you recognize from like 80s movies so now speaking of 80s and alien movies have you seen strange invaders from 1983 funny thing never watched it i own a dvd that is a double feature like on the disc of toby hooper's invaders from mars with strange invaders i have never watched strange invaders i have had that dvd for years we had it recorded on VHS when I was a kid, and I remember certain scenes in it very vividly. It would scare the shit out of me. But, like, I've tried to find the title. I couldn't for the life of me think of it. Like, I always look for Space Invaders, which brings up that, like, silly movie. Yeah, that's a kid's movie. I, yeah, I like exactly. Space like, Invaders. I was like, I'm sure it's something like that. And then just the other day, I don't know what clicked in me. But I typed in Strange Invaders and I was like, oh my fuck, that's it. But like, I didn't realize because at the time it was before I think I really got into horror movies. But it's like Diana Scarwood from Mommy Dearest and Nancy Allen. Like, it is, I think, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Louise Fletcher. Like, it is a bunch oh my of God. awesome women. Michael Lerner. Louise Fletcher is also in Toby Hooper's Invaders from Mars. Is she? Yes. That so. is so queer. I want to watch it. I want to watch Strange Invaders because I'm curious. I remember it, you know, scaring me as a kid, but I, I don't think it's, I mean, it's PG, but I think that's before the PG-13, so. Yeah, I think it's a hard PG, like something yeah. that would never, it would never get a P, like Jaws would never get, you know, that was rated PG when it came out and that would yeah. never pass for a PG. Would never. That would definitely maybe even get an R, like depending on how the rating board is feeling. So, yeah, I have a feeling Strange Invaders is not good. And I wonder how far I'll make it. <laughs> yeah, I um, I've always wanted to see it. I know it's a movie in like the little horror collector groups I'm in on social media where they're like, we want this on Blu-ray. This has never been on anything other than like out of print dvds from a million years ago like what happened to this movie um so it, it, again it's one of those where i'm like is this actually good though because there's like a handful of movies that i feel like it's the lack of uh availability of the movie makes people think it's some sort of lost gem and then you actually watch it yeah. uh, my example being one i can think of and again if you disagree with me right into the show uh scaring is sharing at gmail.com thank you and let me know one of those is fright night part two yeah lots of people talk about how good it is i had heard for years it's like it's amazing it's a lost classic and then i finally like for like a hot second it was available on prime video or something like that so i watched it uh and it wasn't very good at least i didn't think so like definitely not better than the first one uh, and pretty mediocre, I thought, for an 80s like horror movie. So, uh, you know, I think it's just the fact that it's hard to find. It tricks people into thinking like this must be amazing. And they just don't want us to see it for some reason. Now, real quick on that note of Fright Night, my friend Joe Zettelmeyer, the playwright, is going to be playing Peter Vincent in the stage production 
of Fright Night down in Florida this summer. Really? It's an official stage play. Wow, that's I know. cool as hell. It's actually going to be at the theater where Joe is directing right now. That's why he went down to Florida to direct a play. Uh-huh. And that's where the, the show is going to be. His girlfriend, Erin, is directing it. Um, it's through her production company. And I'm most intrigued. So we should take a field trip to see it. Maybe we should go into Florida. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So I really want to see it. I don't see the exact dates here, but I'm going to be keeping an eye out for it because I'd like yeah. to. Yeah. So somebody's finally like taking my idea. I was just saying this uh, to my wife not that long ago where I'm like, why aren't more like, because they always do things like American Psycho, the musical, or this you know the music it's always the musical and i'm like of a thing that was not a musical to begin with and then everyone's like and it was not that great the musical so it's like why don't you just take the movie and turn it into a stage play like a lot of them would be interesting adaptations especially a lot of you know horror movies i think would be interesting adaptations to the stage don't get cutesy it doesn't need to be a musical just adapt you know the screenplay into a stage play it's just i think musicals are more often than not, like I know. a better sell. They sell. Everybody oh, thinks yeah. theater. I just need to see a musical, and it's. But there's the it. rare case, like Evil Dead, the musical that's brilliant. Some are brilliant, but I feel like Most that takes the the material has to lend itself to that. Like, yes. you know, a lot of things they adapt. I'm like, that's not. I would never think musical in a million years would work for that. So yeah, there's a Friday the Thirteenth musical this summer that we had talked about going to check out Joe and I, cause we were looking at it for next year. And I, I can't remember the name. It's not like Friday the 13th musical. It's like camp blood or something like that. Okay. But I'm very curious about it. And I in my mind, in my mind, that only works. If the only one that sings is Jason <laughs> and like, he's the only character that thinks he's in a musical. So he's singing the whole time, but everyone else is just terrified of the singing killer. That's what I think they should do. Uh, Did you watch anything else? Uh, That's really it. That's all I wanted to bring up of note. Well, you did mention uh, a little telegram that people can write in. We have one this week from Teacher Drew, who writes, Mm. Hey guys, my merch is perfect. I wore my shirt twice already and have received many compliments. Congratulations Mm. on a great rollout. You know I loved episode 76. And then what did you do? You went next level with 77. I am a huge Brian De Palma fan. He's an icon. The blowout is top tier for me. Body Double is my favorite of his films. Craig Wasson. Am I pronouncing that right? Wasson? Craig Wasson and Melanie Griffith are perfect. The score is mesmerizing. The plot and backstory are intriguing. It has stuck with me since my first viewing. It is a must watch. I love that you paired Blowout with Nightcrawler. It is a hugely underrated film. Jake Gyllenhaal simply inhabits the character. That reminds me of another of his films, Nocturnal Animals, is one of my top films of all time. If you've seen it, I'd be curious what you think. Keep the hits coming. Love to you both. Till next time, stay happy, stay healthy, stay you. Love, Teacher Drew in Phoenix. Thank you, Teacher Drew. I do need to see both of those, Body Double and Nocturnal Animals. Always a treat to hear from Teacher Drew. Always. Always. Uh, Nocturnal Animals, I've never seen it. I kind of remember the name sounds familiar. I vaguely remember some trailers for it. Amy uh, Adams, I, that's what I yeah, remember. Yeah, I feel like it falls into a, 
uh, as, as genre, that's kind of my jam, which is these like really gritty neo-noirs that come out every so often. Um, so I should probably check that out. Um, Body Double, I have seen, and I remember nothing about it. I saw it like, uh, yeah, I might've still been in college. I don't know. Uh, the only thing I could remember about the movie Body Double is the only reason I sought it out is because I had read the novel American Psycho by Brett mm. Easton Ellis. Uh-huh. Uh, and Body Double is a movie that Patrick Bateman, Bateman mentions a million times throughout the novel of a video he uh, rents all the time brian de palma's body double so i was like i should see this and i did watch it and i don't remember much i remember getting confused because i feel like it's full of a lot of plot twists okay i don't think i was necessarily i was also probably like you know enhancing the experience with some beverages so i don't think i remember it too clearly so probably time for a rewatch. Hmm. Hmm. yeah i would be interested in checking it out and also he mentioned merch and our dear friend Brett, we also recently got some merch. Our director <gasps> friend. He did? He did. He got a shirt. Cool. Hell I yeah. Know. So thanks, Brett. Yeah. And yes, Teacher Drew, thank you for writing. Slid into our DMs on Instagram, which you can too. Scaring and sharing, all one word. Or like Jeremy said, scaring and sharing at gmail.com. There you go. I had one thought about blowout after the fact. Mm-hmm. And that is because I posted a photo on uh, my other Instagram, Flaming Scream Queen. I posted a, an alternative poster of it, which is like showing like the, the sex worker's feet after she was hung in the stall. And it reminded me, and I did not put this together until that moment, how that echoes John, Travolta, John Travolta's character's um, flashback where the guy gets hung in the stall. Oh my God, you're right. And I never put that together. Symmetry. Symmetry indeed. I had to go on Instagram and look up the the poster. That's awesome. It's so cool. Such a cool poster. poster. I'm liking it right now. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, uh, Blowout Man, I think we hit gold by covering that movie. It sounds like I I saw a friend of the podcast and our beloved, I should say, collaborator, Nick the Knife, uh, our musical collaborator. And he's, he was telling me how Blowout is one of his all-time favorite movies. So he was oh. excited that we uh, we talked about it. So The only other thing, I watched a trailer this week, which you Ooh, know me. Dangerous. Because I wasn't kind of sure what kind of movie it was. It's Olivia Wilde's new movie, Don't Worry Darling. Do you know Olivia Wilde? She's an actress and she directed Booksmart. Yes. She's in like yeah. the Lazarus effect. She's gorgeous. And Booksmart is... Yeah, good. It's such a good flick. And it's this new movie coming out with her and Florence Pugh and Chris Pine and Harry Styles. Hmm. And it looks so good. It's sort of reminiscent of the Stepford Wives is kind of how it feels. Mm, interesting. Yeah. I am so excited. Plus, Florence Pugh is simply amazing. Yeah, she's really been... Uh cranking out the hits like i'm i'm definitely uh uh watching her uh career and her choices oh, how can you not uh, she's just so good excited for that whatever she's gonna pop it up in next so yeah 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 totally well is there anything else you'd like to talk about or should we dive into our movies 
Uh, I did see a little blurb that, uh, and I was trying to like track down what I had read <laughs> just as we were starting again, because I read it like a week ago and uh, totally forgot what I was totally, or what I absolutely I wanted to say about it. But I saw Evil Dead Rise is well into post-production at this point. So oh, I, guess, I think it's coming out this year from the sounds of it. Um, that seems quick. I felt like it was only announced like recently, but I guess it's almost good to go. Uh, good. But I'm the blurb ready. I saw said something about HBO Max, so I was like, "Is this a straight to streaming movie?" So it might be. I bet I'm it's not both. Sure. I bet it's a hybrid. It could be a hybrid. Yeah, they. I know they're not doing it for everything, but it seems like some of the mid, mid to lower budget movies are getting uh, the hybrid treatment. Well, I'm ready. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait. It sounds sounds interesting i hope it ties to what i want from a new evil dead movie that they're telling us is ashless you know it's not gonna have bruce campbell uh as that character Uh, i hope they in some concrete way tie together the original trilogy of movies and you know the tv series that was a sequel to those movies and the quote-unquote remake reboot requel whatever you want to call it I hope they find a way to tie all of those together with this new one as like, this is one cohesive storyline. Cause I think that's the intent of that, but we'll okay. see. Okay. Yeah. Paral- parallel universes or something like that. I feel like that's what they're building to with it. So mm-hmm. yeah. Well, time will tell. Yeah. We'll see. And maybe he will pop up as Ash. You never know. Bruce Campbell likes to be obtuse in interviews. He says he's done, yeah. but he could do a camera. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh Yeah. I bet he's not done. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's dive into our movies. So this week I had sort of a rough schedule. So we sort of decided one movie and then decided on two, which really paired nicely together. We're all about this good pairing lately. Yeah. At the last minute, we decided to give you guys an extra movie for the cost of one. (laughs) Although they're normally used to two. So really, it's just giving them what they always get. (laughs) sure but i was trying to play it up and make them you know not even think about it well i'm being honest with them okay i'm sorry guys i was just trying to sell you on a thing you're already used to getting sorry well let's um what do you want to talk about first uh let's start with slumber party massacre yeah and you read the description this was essentially i think more your pick and i'll do the other one that's perfect and plus this one came first chronologically Yeah, yeah, it did, didn't it? Okay. Slumber Party Massacre 2. The party begins when the lights go out. Which sounds like something that ridiculous killer would say in the movie. Uh, And the description is, Courtney, the younger sister of Valerie, and her friends go to their condo for a weekend getaway. But Courtney can't get rid of the haunting feeling that a supernatural rockabilly driller killer is coming to murder them all. What a trip Oh my God. Yeah. So, okay. So it is totally silly, totally fun. But like, I think if you could get into his songs and him as a character, him being whatever, whoever he is, I think you'd enjoy it more. I loved the girl band. I loved their songs. I loved that song in the car, Tokyo Convertible. Loved that. But like all that rockabilly (laughs) shit, I do not like. Um... Oh, also, guys, this movie, neither of us have seen this before, to clarify. So, like, this one's a little different than what we normally do. But, yeah, neither of us have seen this movie. Yeah, and as a first-time watch, oh, Lord. Um, 
this was just so like how do you go from slumber party massacre one what they did with that and then decide this is the sequel like this is what you're gonna do it feels like they went so far left field with a lot of the ideas that it was just there was no saving it i mean clearly capitalizing on nightmare on elm street like it's like the first one came out yeah. pre nightmare on elm street right yeah i think so 84 i feel yeah something like that and then this one's like oh let's try to do something similar but at least Nightmare on Elm Street, there's like, and you know, I don't like a ton of explanation, but there's got to like be a little bit of like, oh, here's what's going on, or it's odd enough that it's okay. And here it's just like, what, what, what? Yeah. So I had to go online and like read what was going on in this movie to make sense of some of the plot points, which, okay, spoilers, guys. So the main character, like this movie really could stand alone. It doesn't have to be a sequel to Slumber Party Massacre because it has very little connection to the first one uh, other than like forced weird connections, which is our main character in this movie. Courtney is apparently the younger sister from the previous movie, now played mm -hmm. by a different actor. And if they didn't tell you that at all, it wouldn't really matter. <laughs> this could be its own movie. Um, but the driller killer in this one is supposed to be the ghost of the guy from the first movie. No. Who is now like a dream demon for some reason. Which He's is supposed not to be the same all. guy, but she never says like, it's Ross. That never comes up. No, he it is? never comes up. But everything you read online says like, Russ Thorne now reincarnated as a rockabilly like ghost. Oh, I did not put that together. Yeah, no, but because the movie doesn't do anything to make you think that. You're just like, who the fuck is this guy? Um, yeah. And what a bizarre ass character. Like some of his stuff is what made this entertaining to me just because of how absurd that character is. Because this definitely is like a so bad it's good movie. I'm playing my hand early here. Like, oh, yeah, it definitely this, is. This movie is only 75 minutes long, but it felt like it was 70 hours long. Oh, like, my God. When I it, when I saw it was an hour and 15 minutes, I was like, this is amazing. And then I'm like, this is long. This <laughs> tra it drags so much. The music's ridiculous. I love the girl band. Like they're out of love. a hand bar the girl band it's like like a weird slutty josie and the pussycats yeah exactly like a hanna-barbera cartoon but then you get the driller killer with his weird like rock and roll will never die baby like oh what? my god oh my god and do so not like rockabilly so a quick i mean i, I like good rockabilly which this was not so <laughs> a quick aside to the and this will resonate definitely for Detroit people yes. and Detroit sports fans. The Driller Killer was played by Atanas Illich uh, of the Illich family, as in the founders of Little Caesars, the owners of the Detroit Red Wings and the Detroit Tigers. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they are a known quantity in the Detroit area, especially. So crazy. Yeah. And it, it's like, okay, I for, it, it's such a weird footnote that he had like an attempted acting and music career uh and then that didn't pan out and he just went back to being a billionaire because he like i think currently he's on the board uh, of the you know the illich company running all of that stuff again and if we talk bad about them i'm sure they'll find a way to have this removed <laughs> from the internet <laughs> but he was not a good actor 
I'm just gonna say it. Oh yeah, no, he's he's not. <laughs> but I thought surely it was going to end up being it was all in her head and she was killing people. Like you know, once again, like sort of harkening back to our last episode, sort of capitalizing on her post-traumatic stress disorder, like mm -hmm. causing her to kill people. I thought surely that's what it was gonna be. But all of a sudden, he's just out of the dream. Yeah, and but, time. but also, what was the ending? What was that ending? Spoilers, guys. But like, okay, the, like was the mayhem she in is the the mental hospital the whole time. Yeah, and then. And why is the and mental hospital like like the most rundown place ever? Like it's like no hospital looks like that, even the worst yeah. of hospitals. And then the drill comes like through the floor or whatever. They're just kept being ending after ending. One of those. Too many twists. Because before that, after she defeated the driller killer, and like they have her friend on the stretcher, if I'm remembering correctly, and she starts laughing with the driller killer's laugh. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like, and it's like. What is happening? There's like twist ending, twist ending, twist ending. Yeah, it's like they didn't know where to end it. And so they to ended the, it in the worst spot. Yeah, to the point where I'm like, I don't know what's happening anymore. But <laughs> <laughs> this movie's totally absurd. It's a movie too. Like I go on Letterboxd and there's like a ton of positive reviews, like four star ratings, like a lot of them. Uh, and so I feel like maybe we missed out on something like, is this a movie? I would feel way more positively about had I watched it with like people to like clown on it together instead of just yes on my own like oh what am I because when Joe into? sort of came into the room while it was going it was more fun to watch it with him mm -hmm. but solo it was a little exhausting yeah but like I mean there's definitely some fun stuff like the hand and the hamburger and like when the chicken attacks her and when the, the chicken girl has attack the giant is amazing zit on her face. yeah the zit like it's the 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 effects shots. Those yeah. are cool. But no one dies for 51 minutes out of a 75 minute movie. Like, oh, yeah. That it goes not way, okay. way too long stringing us along with like her flashes of just like the leather clad rockabilly oh nightmare man just like doing weird dances. And oh my God. The by himself. The so weirdest like, dances. Oh, uh, yeah, it's it's insane. I did. I did read a little blurb, too, that this movie. Uh, Roger Corman, of course, produced these like he did with the first one. This movie, he sold this movie in Europe, like to distributors in Europe, like I'm making a slumber party massacre too. no script, no idea what it was about. Like it was just a whim that he said, I'm going to make another one. And he pre-sold it to a bunch of distributors. So he had to rush and make a movie to give wow. to them. And I think that kind of shows in the end yeah. product. Yeah. Did you watch the dead meat on this? No, I didn't. Is it awesome? It was good. Um, but he, mm -hmm. he talks about how amazing this is compared to part three. I guess part three is bad. That's yeah. What I'm reading online is part three is like hated. This movie's got like a lot of love. I'm seeing in a way oh, that yeah. I'm like, are you guys like sure we watched the same movie? <laughs> like, like it's fun, but like only if I have like multiple joints in my body. So yeah, like like this movie is not. Now. This is not a good movie. <laughs> like no, like it's a could be a fun bad movie this is not a good movie now if the soundtrack was on itunes i wouldn't buy the whole thing but i would buy about four tracks from it okay i would listen to that <laughs> tokyo dream car song or whatever oh my god i know yeah. it's so good yeah yep yeah, it's it's uh 
I, I, I really just wanted it to be a movie about this girl band after a while. I, know. I was like, yeah, why isn't this just an 80s comedy about the girl band instead of uh, a, a forced sequel to Slumber Party Massacre? Yeah, the Driller Killers. Nope. 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 No siree. Oh, man. But he would be a great Halloween costume. Mm, yeah. Yep. So that, but I want to, if anybody ever does that, if you happen to listen to this episode and you're like, oh, yeah, that's a great Halloween, send it to us. We want to see pictures. Yeah. Especially of that guitar. Yeah. If you got that guitar, I mean, that's a cool ass weapon. Yeah. Just uh, dropped into a weird movie. Yeah. For sure. Anything else about no. this? No. <laughs> let's, let's move on. So, yeah, out of, uh, <laughs> out of five, um what i assume were like improvised rockabilly dance numbers mm. with a drill guitar <laughs> how many do you give it i would give it two and a half the extra half because it was fun that's what i'm doing too it's get two and a half with a half star just because of how fucking weird this thing was uh because there's nothing like it so nope but still that means you can just take it and throw it on the slab I don't think we've thrown anything on the slash heap in a while. Been a little bit. Yeah. Been, it feels good. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I'm feeling slashy. I'm feeling drunk with power. <laughs> well, let's move on to, you know, I was going to say moving on up, but I don't think that's quite true. I don't think we moved up. I think we're just making a <laughs> lateral move to uh, Sleepaway yeah. Camp 2 Unhappy Campers from the next year, 1988. The tagline is, when you go camping, just take the essentials because the poster has the Freddy glove and a Jason mask. And the description is, Angela, supposedly reformed and living under an unassumed surname, is working at a summer camp. However, when the campers start misbehaving, she soon reverts to her old ways. Oh, shit. And so you've, <laughs> you've seen this movie. Before, I have seen this. I, I talked about it briefly on here. Yes. Yep. Um, and I want to say, uh, going into this one, I remember that video cover. Yes. The video store of her yes. with the Freddy Glove and the Jason Maxta. And I always thought, like, that's probably a super badass movie. She's got, like, a chainsaw in her backpack, too. And I'm like, that's that's going to be a super badass movie. And, you know, it just never got around to renting it as a teenager. And it totally... I, I feel like Sleepaway Camp is just, like, definitely not even B tier. It's like C tier, D tier slasher series. Like people just don't really, other than the first one, people don't really talk about this series. I've of course seen the first Sleepaway Camp, but it's been many years. And I remember like thinking it was pretty good, but it's been a long time. So yeah, I wanted same. to revisit it with this one, but it just ran out of time in my schedule. But again, this is another one where like they almost could have just made it a different entity like it didn't have to be a sequel to sleepaway camp because the connection's pretty tenuous anyway it's not like they got a lot of recurring plot or carry over anything in this movie yeah i think it works a lot better though just in regard i feel like it it makes more sense that it's a sequel and much more than slumber party Massacre and too. like people start dying like two minutes into it like you yes. know the, while the gore could have been more fun and a little like a little more like summer party massacre part two like mm -hmm. it definitely like there are a shit ton of kills and they happen all the time and they're inventive and 
and interesting. I don't like Pamela Springsteen. I just don't like her. Mm-hmm. I like almost everyone else, like even in a fun, bad way. I just think she's just bad. Just bad, bad. Again, this is just just like Slumber Party Massacre, too. It's pretty, pretty not great all around. Um, it's again, like again on Letterboxd, this one as well. I'm looking at it and it's tons of like four star ratings and stuff like that. I'm like, OK, this is another one. People seem to love and I cannot tell if it's in a bad movie way or if people legitimately think this is like or if there's a lot of people that have, you know, grabbed onto this one as some sort of misunderstood classic, but I don't see it. I'm like, what am I missing? Because this would have been, again, another movie that was more fun with people to watch it with me and make fun of it with me, as opposed to just kind of, again, this one's 80 minutes long, and it also felt like it was seven hours long. So I don't know what's with that with these these And lesser... like all of the characters next to Angela are all named after popular 80s kid actors or teen actors mm-hmm. and the interesting thing is emilio estevez's sister is the one who plays molly so mm. like that's an interesting little connection but i didn't put that together until dead meat when james a janice was talking oh okay about it. yeah and with slumber party massacre too uh all the names were of like like there's a somebody named kruger uh-huh. in there and then yep, there's yep. people named craven so it's like yep. oh they're just they're just playing their hand that they're ripping off nightmare on Elm street with that movie so um but yeah no on this yeah uh this i don't even know i don't even know where to go with this the kills <laughs> the kills were great everything in between was just kind of like this feels like a second rate friday the 13th ripoff with like the camp like nothing felt fresh about the camp story of course um it kind of verged a little too much for my taste into forced humor territory. Like, yeah, you, you, it felt like the filmmakers or the writers or whoever were just like, this is so fucking funny. Uh, like you could, I could, could see them slapping each other on the back, like great joke. And then you're like, this is lame. <laughs> like, that's not funny at all. So I don't know. And I just, okay. So speaking of problematic killers, Angela's a very interesting one because I mean, I, although I haven't seen the original a long time, what I remember is she was in some sort of accident, like lost her family and went to live with her aunt. But at the time mm-hmm. she was a little boy and her aunt dressed him like a little girl and mm-hmm. said, you're now Angela. Yes. It's almost like a forced transgender. It's yes. so, it's such like, I'm sure there's articles and books written about this. Yeah, there's gotta be. Yeah. I just haven't dove into it, but listening, I mean, watching this just made me think a lot about that. Like, I'm like, while if this was a, it's a weird way to say it, a traditional transgender person, you know, that that's the way that they were born in the wrong skin here. They're Angela's forced into this other skin and then lives in it. And ha- it's so weird. Yeah. The movie makes it seem like you can just be forced into that and then it's just like okay now i'm and you know it, it just it's a problematic depiction is what it is it is it's just it's very odd and it's then this odd. movie tries to clumsily like get away from that twist mm-hmm. by like in the beginning being like oh and then uh she had a sex chains operation and now it now we're just exclusively going to say she's a girl and you know it feels very 
clumsily done again it's all problematic i feel like all of it is problematic but yeah i mean the uh, worst line and it was listen you don't have aids or anything do ya i was like oh my oh, yeah God. i did a double take when i heard that i was <laughs> like what the fuck like and that's one of those lines where i'm pretty sure i bet the writers thought like this is fucking funny like i can guarantee it and it's like oh god i remember the back of the video in particular of course had her pushing the gal down into the outhouse Mm -hmm. And I remember part three, it was her like holding a gun, like outstretched. And I never wanted to watch it because she had a gun and I wanted like creative kills that weren't guns. Yeah, I remember the outhouse, like watching this movie when it got to the outhouse scene, though, I think I may have seen that before. Like, uh, I don't know, you know, I spent countless hours. I was partially raised by TV as a kid, so I'm sure I saw part of this on late night cable like a million years ago. But I'm like, oh, that's really familiar. I think I've seen that part of the movie. Before, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Yep. But yeah, it's it's not great. Um, it's I think that great. there's better one liners. I think it's more coherent, but I feel like a good double feature with this, if that's what you're going for. I mean, yeah. with Slumber Party Massacre, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if, if you wanted to have a bad movie night, guys, this is a pretty good pairing. Get ready to, you know, Mystery Science Theater 3000 the fuck out of the movie and have a good time. I imagine these would be more fun had we watched them as a group and were making fun of these movies. So, uh, yeah, that's I don't know what else to say. About <laughs> well, out of five bargain bin jason Voorhees masks <laughs> how many would you give sleepaway camp Duh. unhappy campers unhappy uh, campers. i would i would give it two and a half as well i will do the same so once again take this one and throw it on the slash heap yeah put it in that put it in the outhouse <laughs> <laughs> and that half star i gave it an extra half star because the kills are at least creative like it yeah. had it had good kills but like the rest of it was just kind of like Ugh. and that this is another one too the ending it just feels kind of like rushed and like an afterthought where you're just like what's like there's no resolution to this story really she just kills a bunch of people and runs away i mean it's great for making countless more sequels but it just felt rushed <laughs> Yeah, and we knew that she was in that truck. Like, there was no surprise for us. Like, we knew. So it, mm -hmm. it would be better if it was just happened to be her drive. Whatever. I don't, I'm not going to try it. I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to get into it. Yeah, exactly. It's dumb. It's not yeah. worth my time. And it's just poor character. Like, I don't want to say development. Design in general. Because Angela just, you know, I, I don't know. It, it feels like there's not a lot of inner logic to the killing who she chooses to kill who she hates like i mean they say like it's the people that aren't moral but it doesn't really feel like the movie follows its own rules anyway so yeah yep well good times great oldies cool 105 <laughs> thank Your you drive time mix. Yep. thanks for listening write to us uh hit us up and you know just keep watching those scary movies and keep talking about them because scaring is sharing. That's right. And Jeremy, I'll see you again next week. That's right. And write to us and tell us if you, we're stupid and you've loved these movies. Cause I feel yeah. like there's a lot of people out there that are like, I love this movie. So I was kind of shocked by that. Cause I was left pretty cold by both of these in general. So uh, yeah, keep watching them, keep talking about them. And as always hail Paymon.
And um, death to Videodrome, long live the new Flash. The new Flash, like the outhouse. The, the, new, the new Flash. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.